five knuckle iPod shuffle. <laughs> really? Hello and welcome to Pet Food Beta, Gamer Escapes podcast, bringing you the biscuit on all things Final Fantasy XI news, community, and more. I'm Vivi. I'm Moroku. And um, this episode was supposed to also have Fusion X and Dooley, but uh, schedules wouldn't permit it, so... Um, Ain't life a thing that gets... An <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so what we're going to do here today is uh, there is some news to talk about, so we'll, we'll talk about the news. Yes. And then um, we will do a quick discussion on Rhapsodies of Vanadeel 3 um, because we... That's a thing. That, that, that's a thing. Exactly. Yeah, Thank that's you. That's a thing. And um, for the record, we haven't actually talked about it together since we finished it, so... Which we finished together, actually. It was maybe the only time we've actually played in a party in-game. Yeah, but, but we didn't talk about how the things made us feel, so this should be relatively genuine, although yes. not as raw as like the exact moment when it happened. Right. Um, but this is maybe the first time we've ever done the show with no show notes, so that that's a thing, too. Yep, um, but... Um, first, we're going to actually try to get some news out of the way, which just sounds like a walk in the park without notes. Gotta love it. <laughs> I do have the tabs open for the three posts that they made. Okay, good. Me too. Okay. Um, you want to take the uh, New Year Adventurer Assistance campaign? Actually, I was going to talk that they announced another update first, but okay. Okay, let's talk about the other update first. Yeah. So there's going to be another update in December. Yay! We already kind of knew that. Um, they're putting in some new NMs in Ryzen Shima, and they're going to implement the new um, Aeonic Weapon Quest line. Which, which will... are... Um, unless, uh, I don't have the tab open. Hold on. They are sort of like uh, Relic, Mythic, and Empyreans, right? But they use the Merited Weapon skill? Yes, and also there was a dev tracker post earlier this week that said that if you have the Aeonic weapon, you don't technically need the merited weapon skill anymore. That makes sense. Yeah, so it will have max power of like a level 5 upgrade. You don't need it to be merited if you're using that weapon. And yeah, so those are a thing. Um, Square also said that they would be very sort of battle-oriented, uh, and you would fight more or less from what people have found from doing parts of the quest uh that are already in the game fighting basically every notorious monster in all the Esha zones so far, and likely more stuff to come. I'm guessing some of the stuff in the GS FET. So, who knows. Um, then, following that, there was also a notice regarding the cancellation of PS2 and Xbox 360 service, uh, which will be done March 31st. Mm -hmm. And uh, one thing that they made sure to sort of highlight is that you'll, you'll still pay for it, even though you won't be able to play on those uh, consoles anymore. So you got to so play have, not to pay. Right. right. So you have you, you got to pay not to play. Something like that. Yeah. So you have to go <laughs> sure. in and manual, 
manually um, unsubscribe from stuff because they won't automatically do that for you. Also, um, they gave a link to a free download of the Windows client. So if you are a current player on the PS2 or 360, there you go. Yeah, that is cool. Um, I know Final Fantasy XIV doesn't do that, which is kind of a bummer. Um, yeah. Because I... Uh, I'm probably like one of the only people that actually play the game on the Mac. <laughs> well, to be fair, I played on the Mac for a while, but then I saw the light and just got a PC and it's so much better. I'm talking about 14. Wait, what? Didn't played- like didn't the Mac like version have a giant sort of thing that went wrong with it and they oh, had yeah, to it's, it's recall awful. all of it? Yeah, they stopped selling it, um, but they still support it, um, and it's terrible. But I travel a lot for work lately, so it's gotcha. kind of like, eh, I don't have any other sort of game console. And I was like, I can log in and do daily stuff and whatever. Anyway, yeah, different okay. different game. <laughs> yeah, uh, let's see. Then they talked about how we're getting T-shirts for our Unity, which is okay, and then. And they look like the um, the gear that those characters wear. So if you already have a Mott's cap, you can get a matching shirt finally. But you don't I'm... have the blue pants, so it's hey kind of hey. Maybe we can hope for like you know another update sometime. Would yeah. I add that? Yeah. Um, and then probably for me at least the most exciting part uh, there's you know the December campaigns that are coming out. So yay. Yeah, um, so the adventure assistance campaigns um, are kicking off on December 10th and will run until January 5th. And these are, I believe these are mostly new campaigns. Um, They're newer, I think, because they introduced one or two of them the last time around, and it was kind of odd. But uh, yeah, let's just get through them. So we have the chain experience bonus campaign, so you will get... Uh, double to three times the normal amount of experience for experience chains, so that's cool. Um, same with capacity points. Uh, capacity point chains, sorry. Um, a monstrosity bonus campaigns, you'll earn uh, two to three times the amount of experience for experience chains. Um, Delve Campaign Plus uh, during this campaign, Delves will undergo the following changes. You will earn double the usual amount of Plasm when defeating monsters or clearing a Delve, and monsters will drop Airlixers and Airlixer plus ones when defeated. So That's awesome. Yeah, so if you need to do Delve for whatever, um, that's a good time to do it. Yeah. Um, surge Walk campaigns. Um, this, this is fun. I might actually take advantage of this. Um mm. During the campaign, Walk of Echoes goes undergoes the following changes. Uh, you'll earn triple the amount of experience and capacity points when clearing a walk, which is a lot now. That's awesome. Um, all walks that appear in Walk of Echoes, Walk of Echoes will be surge walks. Um, Less awesome. Yes. So, um, and any walks already present when the campaign begins must be cleared before the surge walks can appear. So I guess you have to clear each of them once on the server f- for that month. <laughs> yeah. Not a big deal. Okay, so I'm not super keen on everything being a surge walk. Because I like to just go in and solo some stuff. And the surge walks are hard, apparently. So, um, I haven't 
done them in a while, but I mean, one nineteen was a thing, obviously. Um, yeah, but I don't remember them being terrible. I mean, we were we were clearing surge walks with like less than a party of people, and now you can summon trusts. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Um. So there's that. Uh, alter ego. Oh, okay. And this will make it even easier. Alter ego expo. Uh, their maximum HP and MP will be increased by fifty percent, and they will get a high resistance to status ailments. So there you go. Cool. Okay. Cool. Um, incursion campaign. During the campaign, monsters and notorious monsters will only drop grand coffers when defeated. Those are the ones that drop the um, the really cool capacity point backs, if I remember right. They, I don't know about. Oh yeah, yeah. They, yeah. they do drop capacity point backs. They also drop the uh, the job specific augmented capes. Yep. Um, vagary campaign. This during, one's definitely new. During this, uh, defeated monsters are more likely to drop the etched memory and codex codex of etchings items. That's a mouthful. Uh, additionally, exchanging the following key items at the Odyssean Passage in Lefalia will yield an additional reward. So you get... Um, I'm not sure what this is. Uh, fabricated Ward of Biting Winds, Fabricated Ward of Miasma, Fabricated Ward of Impurity. Oh, those are the key items, right? Yeah. Okay, so you get basically bonus items. Right. And, and more likely drops, so that's cool. Yeah. Cool. Um, I think I only did that enough to get the upgrade pieces for my rune fencer that I wanted, and I never went back. <laughs> See, I just found out that you actually had to beat the sort of things to do it, and it's very irritating because uh, my party isn't super equipped to go and do that. So, well, I'll log in and help you with that. Wow, that was way more passive aggressive on my part than I thought it would be. So, <laughs> yay! Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um. um I'm pretty sure that covers it for news. There wasn't really anything super cool in the dev tracker other than we can't possibly do that or whatnot. Um, Let's take a refresher. Monstrosity feedback. Um, I haven't seen this post. I'm hoping it's not a bummer. I'm going to read it anyway. Yeah. Grikuma writes, (laughs) as if he's writing into our show, I feel like it sounded like... He writes in the forums, Hello everyone, I realize that everyone has been waiting for a response for quite some time now in regards to the status of monstrosity, and I would like to give you an update on the status of this as well as the the development team. The development team has been reorganized. This is new information. Yeah. And the team is more compact than before. Um, Each development or adjustment task was given a priority, and the development team will be handling assignments in order of priority. With that said, there is content that can be worked on and that which cannot. Currently, the priority of monstrosity is very low, and there is a very low possibility that this content will receive adjustments or updates in the future. We appreciate your understanding. That's bummer. Yeah. Well, I think (sighs) it's kind of an interesting point, though, because... One, they're still creating stuff, sort of, and working on things, which we kind of knew, but now we have confirmation of that. Two, like, you know, they were pretty upfront, smaller dev team, we knew, now confirmed. The three, it's like, if they have a priority list and monstrosity at the bottom, as it should be, I mean, like, Brenner's obviously below that, too, but 
I wonder what they're prioritizing ahead of it. Because yeah, and, it's like and, just a grind. There's literally no point to doing it. They kind of just abandoned it. So. Yeah, and I I get it. I'm just such a big fan of it, and I know I'm in the minority, but um, I just felt like it was seventy percent of the way there. You know, right? <laughs> and it was. It's just a bummer to see it abandoned when th- there's just a couple of things that they could have added to it that would make it so much more fun. Right. Um. Maybe the simplest thing, um, and I'm naively saying this because I don't know how difficult it would be, but the simplest thing, in my opinion, that would make the most impact, um, two things, uh, would be to just open up all zones, um, you know, exclude Dynamis and Abyssia or whatever, that's fine, Um, Mm. but just regular zones um, allow monstrosity to happen there. And the reason for that, the reason that would be fun is because there's something really fun about sneaking up on real players and surprising them when they don't expect a monstrosity monster, especially returning players. They they get so confused when they see like a random behemoth, right, or Cerberus, you know, in East Saruta Baruta. <laughs> um, so that would be fun. The other thing that they I I feel like would have been easy to do is just uncap it. There is currently not an uncapped version of it, which makes uh, player versus monster just. A no contest monsters always win so but right. whatever i get it you know it's the, whenever i logged in um even when it was probably the most popular it ever was there were still like a dozen people doing it at any given time so right um all right i gave it like a little bit of a shot and i didn't see an overwhelming problem with it it just was there wasn't a goal so i didn't see a point in continuing with it Right, yeah, and that that is the other thing about it. I mean, I it, ideally, and I know this will never happen, but ideally, what I would have loved to have seen, and I think they already they originally discussed it when they launched that content, was that um, you would be able to make combine parties of monsters and players, and monsters and parties of monsters, and you could do other content. Like I was, I was imagining a besieged where you could play as a monster. It would be awesome. Yeah. Um, but. You know, I doubt they're ever going to do that. I, I could see them maybe doing the uncapped thing. That seems like a simple tweak, but I don't think we're going to ever get any fundamental, you know, shifts right. with it, which is too bad because it's a really well-designed, fun system. But mm. it, we knew that was coming. Um, just scrolling yeah. through the rest of the dev, dev tracker, um, I don't really see... Anything else um, of super interest in there? Uh, there was one other news item. I don't remember which post it was part of, but in the next update, they're going to be adding some new emotes. So, oh, I didn't see that one. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, they didn't say anything about it specifically, but yeah, that's always fun. Cool. So, um, I think that does it for news and dev tracker. You want to get into uh, Rhapsodies of Vanadeel 3. Yeah. The I end do. of the game. It was so good. It was really good. It, it like What I liked about it is that everything was tied up in a really nice bow, and I don't think I was expecting it to be. Um, yeah, uh, this probably goes without saying at this point, but spoiler alert. <laughs> We're yeah. going to just talk about the, the straight-up ending of the game. Yeah. Um, 
there's a couple of things that I thought that they did that were really clever. Um, and I think one of the, the things that I really enjoyed about it was a, that the end boss was the cloud of darkness, which I did not see coming. No, I didn't either. Um, and B, the way that they um, they positioned the cloud of darkness because it is something that had never been talked about in eleven, as far as I know. Yeah. Um, um, but like, I think that like it wasn't specific. Like, this is probably just me looking into it too much. But like, they've talked about the winds before. I think, which we'll get into in a minute. But okay. they've never specifically referred to the darkness. I don't think, or the cloud of darkness. Yeah, and. And what I um, particularly enjoyed about it was that it was like, it wasn't like it was just some evil menacing threat, you know, like that was coming to destroy everything because it hates everybody. It was, it was almost like a, a greater um, opposition than that because um, I think it, there's the cutscene with um, Altana who you get to meet, uh, which yeah. I did also, I also didn't see that coming. I mean, I, I was, everybody kind of, I'm, I'm sure thought that maybe eventually that would happen, but like on the list of things that I thought would happen, it was like, there was Altana that I thought that we would meet. There was like, you're either going to meet Altana, actually go to the far East or go to literal Tavnasia. I thought Tavnasia and the far East were ahead of Altana. Apparently Tavnasia <laughs> is the new Altana because we never get to actually see it, but yeah. Um, yeah. what the what I liked about it is that the reason that they explained that um, that the cloud of darkness was kept at bay was because the battle of good versus evil kept um, a lot of life in Vanadil, right? More or less. Uh, what I think the specific thing was like that, like um, the clash between the good and evil created like this sort of like friction in the universe of like ethereal energy or something like that, and right. that created like a wind that blowed away or blew away, excuse me, the cloud of darkness. Right, and so it's explained where um, Promathia, um, even you know, when he before he fell or whatever, uh, he him and Altana had conflicts which you know essentially you know uh what it was necessary for that for that energy to exist mm -hmm. um and so what i like about the you know showing the cloud of darkness as the 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 end all be all bad guy is that it's sort of just an unconscious entity it seems like that's just kind of all consuming in a much more in a much stronger way than um, Atomos is. Oh, yeah. And then, um, like, they had it so um, there was a cutscene where they showed basically every hero and every villain that was a part of every storyline, the ones that we both fought in and the ones that we didn't, um, basically showing that how all of their conflicts um, over the course of time escalated to be greater and greater and stronger and stronger. So you start out with, like, things from the Crystal War and, like, whatnot. And then it goes to the actual Shadow Lord. And then you have Fromathia versus the Adventurers, and then Bahamut being a douche for a time and other stuff, and it keeps escalating, even with like Alexander switching sides at points, and then Odin's there, and then Luzoff, and everybody leading up to Hades, which was arguably the biggest bad of them all that we've right. had in the game. And it just, everything escalates because... Because the side of good kept winning so much? Us, because let's face it, we're pretty awesome the like evil dark side had to keep getting stronger uh to create an equally 
like strong wind to sort of push the cloud of darkness away. And then after we beat Hades, theoretically there wasn't that much evil stuff for us to kill, and the cloud of darkness came to sort of om nom nom us. Right. So what I got from it was that like basically because we weren't able to sort of protect people and fight, everything died. So the adventure. You're talking about in the future, right? Yeah, in the future. So uh, because we weren't able to actually sort of fight stuff and everyone dies, um, like, I lost my train of thought, shoot. It was. um, No, that's not really what happened. It was because your character. Um, which I also thought was very cool. Oh, no, I'm, not say, I'm not saying about what happened. I'm saying about like what I sort of assume happened. Oh, oh okay. Because like you know they don't talk about any of the big fights that we have after Hades at all. Which right. you know, duh. Um, so because there aren't any sort of conflicts for us to sort of create winds to blow stuff away, then Cloud of Darkness comes to Omnomnamas. So. So then, was- so then Altana, in order to create enough power to to combat the cloud of darkness altana pits your character against uh itself (laughs) yeah basically um which i thought was very cool because up until this point in the game your character isn't the focus of the story ever Mm -hmm. it's not until well i guess technically rhapsody is a van deal at at points um uh because aroha is you know constantly calling you master and everything but it but it still feels like it's her story and not your story Right, until chapter three. Right, until this scene with Altana where she basically says um, that you have to fight, you know, your your inner light side has to fight your inner dark side um, mm-hmm. to create enough. It, and I'm paraphrasing, I'm probably getting this wrong, and I know somebody is screaming at their iPod or phone or whatever. iPods? That's grandpa. <laughs> Man, uh... <laughs> I'm hypersensitive to that today. <laughs> but I, I'll, I won't go into. I won't. I won't derail it. Um, however, you're you're listening to this. I know somebody is screaming. They're like, no, no, no. It's like this. But um, the the basic idea was that um, the the you had to essentially what you had to become a god essentially, right? Mm-hmm. Um. But both sides had to... I think good had to triumph the evil side, um, but not entirely or something. I'm forgetting. It, I should have t- taken notes. That, um, <laughs> what it was was that... Uh, well, first, I think that uh, there's a big sort of thing between like evil and then darkness that they kind of make a decent distinction between in this um, through a later cutscene with um, some of the avatars. But... Um, you, you weren't... You, you had to battle the light side. Had to battle the dark side, but not completely destroy it. I think right. was the thing, right? Yeah. But um, what we ended up having to do is, I think we had to go to the. Um, I don't remember if it was this chapter, if it was the previous one, but we had to go visit like the light avatars and stuff. Mm-hmm. No, that was the previous one. Um, I actually, I need to go and watch all the cutscenes again. It was they were so good, um, but. What ended up happening is that we sort of get blessed by, like, the light of Altana and stuff, and um, we end up pulling, and then we end up having to go to another alternative uh, dimension, so not Abyssia, not, um, not Abyssia, 
not I think it might have been Lilith's world, I don't remember. But we had to go and there's one where like Promafi was just like one and stuff. Because there was a world so, where there was uh, another Promathia. You're, you're talking about are you talking about Shin? No, not Shin. Only yes Shin. Because like there was the there was a Shinryu sort of boss dude who was there. I don't remember what world he's from. Sen Pern. Like, uh, I was very confused by this part. Yeah, because he was like the god of evil or something like that. What was he? Sempern itself is... A, I'm reading this off of um, Wiki. Um, Sempern itself is a weakened version of Shinryu from Abyssia Imperial Paradox. As such, it uses all of Shinryu's abilities, blah, blah, blah. Because um, the universe was called Desu... Or Desu Ita, or Etia. Yeah, so Desu Etia. What is that, though? I don't know. Desu Etia was the other sort of universe that we went to. Because we had to talk to Kate to go to another place, apparently. Uh, It was another dimension. So... Okay, so back to the yeah. the. But, so you're talking about the fight with uh with Midas, right? Right, because because what had happened is so with the Shinryu dude, he tried to suck the evil out of us. That didn't work. We had to go and fight the other dude, which was like the alternative Promathia, I believe, right in the Winds of Time. Yes. Yes, it is. Um, but it's manifested by your shadow self. Or your dark essence, or whatever, it transcends to become the god of darkness, which is why, or the twilight god, which is why it looks and acts like, you know, a reskinned version of um, Promethea. Right. And that was us, basically, again. So. Hmm. So well, um, I should also mention. Uh, well, I know I know we said at the beginning of the show that we didn't pre- prepare any show notes and we're just sort of reacting to the the story, um, right. which is fine. Uh, I wanted to make sure that this episode gets out sooner rather than later. We're gonna do another follow up episode um, with Fusion X and and Dooley, where we're gonna sort of talk about the overall storyline as a whole for the game, and we'll we'll definitely uh, prepare a little bit more and, and hopefully sort of. <laughs> make some more sense out of this. Um, right. Right, right now, we're just sort of piecing it together in the moment. So, right. Realistically, though, what you should expect is that I'm assuming this will probably happen after December because holidays and scheduling conflicts. I'm assuming so. Yeah, uh, just, no idea when we're gonna be able yeah. to schedule that, but it will like, happen. In an ideal world, this would have happened like a week ago, but life. So, yeah. Because Thanksgiving and stuff. Grr, food. Did you have a good Thanksgiving, by the way? It was not dramatic, and that is totally A-OK in my game. How about you? Uh, yeah, I had um, went to the family's house on Thanksgiving, and then Saturday had some friends over, um, sort of like an unofficial housewarming, because I have a new place. Oh. Um, but what was really fun was I had, so I have like my normal sort of small group of friends over, um, but then I also invited people that I play Final Fantasy fourteen with who, by a coincidence, happen to live in the area. <laughs> coincidence. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like, like 30-minute drive away. Um, and I had met them before. It wasn't, like, the first time meeting them, you know, or whatever. But uh, that was kind of fun, just seeing sort of, like, that mm. mix of friends. It was a lot of fun. It was good. Anyway. Right. 
anyway, um, but yeah, so stuff will happen and it will be good. We hope so. <laughs> it will be more organized a little bit. Uh, yeah, but this is basically, again, our sort of first reaction actually talking to each other about the compiling of the missions and stuff. So a couple of other things. Um, well, I'm sure we'll come back to the storyline aspect of it. Mm. Things that I didn't see coming. Uh, and, and again, not not from a storyline perspective. But like just from the, a player's perspective, right? No, from like a presentation standpoint. Oh, yeah. This um, thing, uh-huh. The there is two or three really epic cutscenes uh, leading up to the final fight, and so good. <laughs> and yeah, and the one where you see the cloud of darkness for the first time, and you have all of the like the heroes, you know. Yeah. It was it was very reminiscent of um, Final Fantasy IV. Did you play that? I don't believe I did. No. Okay, so in Final Fantasy IV, uh, even the original Super Nintendo version, which was called Final Fantasy II in the U.S., whatever, um, the final battle is against also sort of a cloud-like being. It's not the Cloud of Darkness, though. It's Aromus or Zemus or something. Right. Um, but what happens is all of the people that you um, that were either in your party or were heroes or were prominent... Um, storyline figures sort of come to your aid at the end and give you enough power to fight the final fight. Um, so I thought it was a little bit of a nod to that, but also it reminded me of like almost like a, or like, or like late 1920s um, German film in a way, like the music was very old movie esque. It wasn't like blockbuster, modern action, you know, epic, yeah. you know, it was, it was this. It reminded me of Metropolis. Uh, if, you, if you'd seen that, I haven't. Like honestly, uh, on a note with the music, I was kind of expecting them to just like reuse some of their stuff, like Ragnarok. I was totally expecting to hear Ragnarok throughout the entirety of this with like epic battlefields or something. Didn't happen. No, brand new song yeah. for for the 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 big deal cutscenes, which was was very classic movie like film soundtrack, which I thought was. Yeah, really tastefully done, um, especially because it, it, it was very dark scene. So it almost had a film noir look to it uh, in a yeah. way. Um, and then the um, and, and I, we're kind of jumping ahead, but the battle with the cloud of darkness, the song for that. Not at all was it what I was expecting. <laughs> Can we just talk about the actual battlefield for the yes, cloud of darkness? Yes, please. Oh, my fucking God. Um, so Again, for people that want the spoilers and are listening, um, you're on a floating, clear battlefield surrounded by ruins that are presumably either within the crystal itself or are um, on the island and are the only sort of solid objects left in the world of Anadil. And you're surrounded, again, by a cloud of darkness with the big sort of floaty thing in the middle that you fight. Uh, that moves around as a sentient being. And then on the walls of the Cloud of Darkness, you see images that were um, some of the promotional shots for Final Fantasy XI. So pictures of the Star Tree in Windurst, or the Metalworks, or Cat, or Sandoria. Pictures of Shantoto, some of the heroes. The Shadow Lord fight. Tons of these sort of like things that 
completely caught me off guard because I didn't think it would actually happen. But in the context, it made perfect sense because here you are, your hero Vanadil, literally fighting to save every reality humanly possible. And I'm going and to actually having uh, your life kind of flash before your eyes. I'm and actually it's really cool. Oh, keep keep going. I'm I'm gonna actually try to pull up the music track for that. Um, I think this is fair use, right? Because we're reviewing. Uh, yeah. But um, yeah. So you have these images uh, just flashing before your eyes as you're fighting the cloud of darkness, which is which are, by the way, very difficult to see if you're a Taru because of the camera angle, and Square should totally fix that. But you know, small dev team, whatever. Um, so I wasn't able to get a beep. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. A little loud. But um. So this is um this is the track that plays during the final boss fight and. Let's just let it play for a few seconds here and then we can yeah. continue talking over it. Okay, so it does not pick up and get like heavy or. or you know, any... It, it, um, it's not heavy? Dude, that is a heavy track. I mean... in the scene, and it's just, it's so... Emotionally heavy, but I, I don't mean yeah. loud. Yeah. It's, uh... No, it was perfect. Yeah, it was, um... A real tasteful choice, and I, I did confirm that the, this was, um... Uh, Naoshi Mizuda track. Yeah. And it is not his typical style for this game. No. You know? Um, Not at all. But, um, no, so it was, um, really, really good. And I've actually gone back to help people that, uh, like, you know, need it, uh, to go and do the fight again because it was just that awesome. And it made me really happy. Um, yeah. But that was a cool thing. And the cutscene afterwards is cute, although probably not as awesome as the cutscene right before the BC. Yeah. Um, so, did you notice what track was playing during that one? I thought that was interesting. I'm trying to remember, because I just watched it like a little while ago. What was it? It's uh, the Providence Watcher theme. Providence Watcher theme? Yeah. The final boss for uh, Void Watch. Huh. That one I didn't notice. Hang I thought on. that was kind of interesting. Um, yeah, so now I'm actually even more. Uh, I'm taking notes on what to talk about for that next show, and one of the things I'm go- I need to re-look up like the lore of Void Watch because the Cloud of Darkness, the Void. I don't know. I mean, there's probably something if I missed it that that's related. Okay, I'm listening to it now. Yeah, you're right. That is okay. Um... Yeah, I don't know. Um, the Void Watch theme, from what I remember, well, they, actually, they did mention that the darkness or whatever was coming from the Void in Rhapsodies, didn't they? Yeah, 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 because they specifically dropped the Void, and so I think that we just assumed that it was like Abyssia leaking or alternative dimension leaking because that all kind of happened around the same time. And uh, Void Watch, I think, was linked to because um, Abyssia came out in Wings, and then. Because that's what introduced the multiple dimension stuff. Right. 
Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I got to go. I never finished the uh, Void Watch stuff. Oh, was, it that. was pretty cool. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's soloable now. Um, yeah. That was, I mean, just as a sidebar, I, I actually thought that the. I was very su- pleasantly surprised when you get to the towards the end of uh, Void Watch, and all of a sudden there's a bunch of story, <laughs> <laughs> some some pretty interesting cutscenes with Kate Kate Seth and, and stuff like that. Right, but about this cutscene before the final DC, um, they basically justified the trust system, and it was brilliant. Mm-hmm. So good. So, yeah. Um, that was really cool when you get to see all of your heroines kind of do backflips and then toss each other weapons and stuff. And <laughs> oh, man, just that was so awesome. <laughs> and Nashmir is just in the background. It's like, here's a cure, guys. <laughs> um, what did you th- So one thing I uh, meant to ask was one of the iconic moments of the cutscene where they're all outside still. Yeah. Which I thought was interesting was it looked very reminiscent of something. Do you know what I'm talking about? No, I don't where so. um, uh, I forget which character does it, but they put up basically like a giant protective force field. Are you talking about from a Final Fantasy game? Yeah, it looked it looked just like the end to Final Fantasy fourteen one point where you have Bahamut coming out of the the sky and. Oh, that is true. I didn't even th- you see. I didn't even make that connection. Yeah. And maybe maybe that was intentional. Um, I mean, it's it's gotta be because that's such a iconic cutscene in fourteen. Well, yeah, but I think the thing is though is that you don't know what happens at the end of that. Whereas here, we actually do get a very concrete ending. So that was I don't know. I didn't make that connection till now, which is very strange considering I played one point zero. But um, mm-hmm. hmm, interesting. Um, I don't know. That's very. Hmm. Damn it! Now you're gonna make me think and stuff. <laughs> um, yeah, I was. I'm because you know when I think Rockus Nar came out and, and all that, I, I kept putting my tinfoil hat on and being like, "Hmm, there's these things appearing from 14 suddenly. Hmm, they're talking about um, you know, the Cloud of Darkness and 14 came out and went to another dimension and then that stuff starts showing up and it looks elegant, you know? So I was like, I was always trying to be like, Hmm, maybe there's going to be some sort of connection or whatever. When you do do think about it, you were the first, probably one of the first people that was like, cloud of darkness is coming to 11. Yeah. (laughs) Um, not in the way that I expected though, but which is good. I'm glad that they kept it separate ish. And I also like that it, um, I also find it interesting mm. that they are crossing over the worlds much more than they ever have with in between the Final Fantasy games. Um, yeah. Did you do the uh, the Final Fantasy eleven event in fourteen? I did. You did. Yes. I thought so, that that was also really well done. The interesting thing about that, and first of all, uh, I have words for. Specifically, anyway, um, the thing that I thought was kind of interesting was that so the move she was trying to master in fourteen was the move that's the big shield thing. Huh. Uh, that makes it even more interesting now. Because like I'm th- wondering, like, okay, so she goes here, cool. She's trying to master the shield thing. All right, so we see her use the shield thing in the future. So, 
did she stop in 14 before she went to 11? You mean Aorzea? Or, yeah, she's, well, what, did she stop in Aorzea before she went back in time? That's what it sounds like, according yeah. to the events in the 14 event. Right. So, and, yeah. Because, huh. like, with that, it kind of would make sense if she did. But even then, I don't know. Also, I would just like to point out that uh, that Iroha armor is the best-looking armor in the game for 14 right now. Yeah, my so. character's totally glamoured on it and as Ninja, oh, yeah. which is perfect. <laughs> yeah, but it just, it's beautiful. Um, yeah, so, I don't know, it just, the timeline is all wibbly-wobbly now, and it makes things not fair, so. Yeah, I'm, gl- I'm actually kind of glad now, in retrospect, that we're splitting this conversation up into a couple of episodes because now we've had some we're, this is the first time you and I are talking about it uh, and just sort of reacting yeah uh, yeah and now yeah, it gives yeah. us some some points to to go back and, and dig a little deeper on um, for right. the, the talk with Fusion X and, and Dooley I'm sure Fusion X will have a lot to say well when does Fusion X ever not have a lot to say <laughs> that is true yeah no but I'm just wondering it's like after like watching like the entirety of this right like it's a good place to stop like you don't need more but i want more because the quality from this sort of like six month venture and stuff of just mission 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 cutscenes and stuff right has more or less been equal if not on par with full story expansions from other games or mm-hmm. even this game itself. I mean, like if you look at like uh, wings of the guys, that took three years to sort of like roll out because just issues that well, I'm not going to get into because their episodes were, I already rant about it like years and years ago. Um, and it just, it's, it was so good for the limited team and the amount of time that they had to develop it. That like, I just, I want more. I know it's not going to happen, but I want more so bad. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, I'm hoping that this Grandmasters thing really does come out in English. Yeah, me too. <laughs> because I feel like there are, it, one of the things that I remember them talking about is, and showing is like the airship and stuff like that. And you'll be able to go to places that you hadn't been to yet. And like. That I hadn't heard of. Yeah. Um. Like the airship is a big component. There's different battle music that never made it into eleven. That's in Grandmaster. So like, I feel like there's so much more room for storytelling just in the world of Vanadil. Not necessarily with like continuing per se. I mean, even if it was ran on a parallel timeline, but was just set in the same world. There, so there's like all the stuff. So there's, you see your own adventure doing stuff from afar while you're over like killing boars or whatever in a corner. It's like, oh, that guy's killing Promathia, and I'm here killing buddies. Mm. <laughs> I mean, not that necessarily, but, yeah. like, you know, they sort of set up um, Razoa, um, Razoa and... Uh, the Northern Continent. Yeah, the Northern Continent. Like, if you read the books in the library, because I did it, I'm a nerd. Um, yeah. They you talk too. about the mystical kingdom, frozen, you know, frozen mystical kingdom in the north, and like, God stuff damn it, that's, Elsa! What? God damn it, Elsa! Elsa, you've never seen Frozen? No. <sighs> Fine. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, hey, just let it let it go. Let it go, Morocco. You don't get to make that joke. <laughs> Why not? I didn't know the song. Hey, that's like me knowing I don't know what's something you're interested in. Professional wrestling? It's like me making a John Cena joke and not knowing what John Cena is. <laughs> okay. There you go. Um, How dare you? Uh, but yeah, no, so books, library, frozen kingdoms, stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, being able to do that, maybe going to Tafnasia... Um, Won't happen. Uh, <laughs> not even in the the other new game that a different... No, it won't, it's, it's a fucking meme now. They fixed the beetle foot, but we're not going to get Tafnasia. <laughs> um, but yeah, 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 yeah. I, I'm, I'm with you. I think that... There's a lot more um, story to tell with Vanadil. Um, mm-hmm. You know, even if it has to live beyond Final Fantasy XI, the original right. game. Um, I think there's something there. Yeah. So here's a question, and I think we might have posed it back in the other episode. Do you think there's going to be a eleven two? Um, do uh, I think there will be, or do I want there to be? Think. But and like he, he, here's the stipulation, all right? Okay. Um, the stipulation would be so we already thought that they wouldn't sort of remake Final Fantasy VII, which, by the way, there was game footage released today, and it looks kind of amazing. Um, battle system aside, yeah, oh, it's the versus battle system, and yeah. I, I haven't played versus enough aside from like demos at E3. But anyway, um, with. Like, the stipulation that it took, what, like, 15 years for 7 to come out again, right? Because that came out in 97, it's like... You're no, that's that. like 20 years. Yeah, it was a lot. But for that amount of time, for 7 to come out and look that good uh, with the system and stuff, in, like, I could see in, like, 4 or 5 years them doing a re-release of 11, Mm-mm. and... M- no, here's why. We don't know what state 14 will be in. It's successful now, but they could probably want like another MMO on the market. By then, 11 sort of skeletons and bones will be more or less long gone, and there will either be one active server or not. And I could foresee them shutting it down. If they did do like an 11-2 as their next sort of MMO venture, it would be basically an entire redo where everything's more or less reset, and if you played the game before, you might get a little, like, sort of trinket or whatever, say, hey, you're, like, a legit veteran person and stuff. But, I don't know, I could kind of see it. Because, like, they have such good bones, and the story is so good, they could put in, basically, everything they've put in now, and then kind of do what they did with COP, where they put in new low-level content that would be missions that would expand upon. You could have two different starting points. So. Um, as much as I would love to see that, I'd don't think that that will happen and and here's why Uh, and what i do think might be a possibility um uh the reason that they're actually going forward with the final fantasy 7 remake um i believe is because of how massively in numbers wise how massively successful 7 was in terms of how many units were sold and what sort of an impact it made on the video game industry as a whole Mm. With 11, we know that 11 was the most financially successful game, believe it or not, in the Final Fantasy series. Uh, maybe, I don't think 14 has surpassed it yet. No. Um, but uh, in terms of actual individual 
users that experienced it. I don't think eleven. It had, maxed out at about a million. Yeah, a little bit under. Right, and how many did seven have? It was like. Well, right. Well, it was like it was a ridiculous number of units. What I'm saying though is that like. I'm not saying 14 is going to fail. It's the best of them on the market right now, as much as I might have my issues with it. But I will say that if they were to do a re-release of 11 with a couple minor tweaks, so it's not the box basher but kept the EverQuest kind of style thing, it would be a fresh face on like a really sort of generic and very much the same MMO market right now. I just don't... everything's a box basher. I just don't think that... Um you know, if we're talking 10 years in the future, I, you know, that would be what, 2025. I don't see square Enix, um, putting the effort into making a nostalgia MMO. Um, you know, like maybe if it's final fantasy 21 or something like that, that would uh, actually be, yeah, I uh, could see that. I, I could see that happening. What I do think is realistic, which they love to do the remakes. Mm. Um, I could see them doing, a single player remake of Final Fantasy XI where instead of playing as the adventurer, you play as all of the main characters that are in the storylines. You see, I don't think that would happen because the main because eleven was so centric around the party dynamic. But that's what I'm saying. Like you yeah. imagine you would um you're from playing uh Rise of the Xylart, you're playing with um with like Zed and Gilgamesh and Lion and um or I guess tech yeah no, Lion is only in the... No, she's no. in Zylar. Okay, she's in Zylar, right. Yeah. And Aldo, and that's your party. You know what I mean? Mm. Maybe. I don't know. It just... Mm. <laughs> it would, like, like, it would be really cool, but it would also dramatically change how the battle system would work, because it would go to turn-based, and you'd be choosing everybody else's actions. Otherwise, it would be kind of like how... What was um, the really crap one where you could just press A and it would automatically do stuff. Final Fantasy 13? Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise it would just be the 13 battle system. So. Yeah. I mean, I think it's way too far in the future to to think about what what the battle system would look like. Who knows if we're even using gamepads at that point anymore. Um, Right. But again, speculation. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, that's that's a whole other um, rabbit hole. That's a whole other show. Yeah. uh, (laughs) Yeah, no, but it it would be kind of cool. Uh, who knows? Anyway, back back to the end of the game. Um, what uh, what else surprised you about how they wrapped it up? Um, cutscenes were beautiful, but like Square, that was going to happen. Um, music was great. Um, the fight was hard. It was. That, yeah, that surprised me because everything up to that, you could sort of solo. Um, actually, yeah, literally everything you could solo um, without really needing trust or full party people. But the final fight was hard. Yeah, I tried to solo it with my rune fencer um, to, because I, I like to pretend that I made that weapon for a reason. <laughs> um, and I actually didn't die to the cloud of darkness, um, but yeah. I timed out. Right. Um, so. Yeah, I actually ended up needing help, which which was it was actually very cool that you and I and Dooley um, did that together and won. Yeah, yeah. So that was but, um, that was pretty cool. But yeah, he was. It was very hard, and that made me very very happy. Um, <laughs> well, 
I yes, hence why I changed the gender. There you go. Um, no, it was good. And I don't know if you, I don't know if you could hear it, but Daisy just let out a big sigh. Daisy gets me though on like a spiritual level. So whatever. Uh. But yeah. Um, At least the show hasn't changed. Nope. Um. Yeah. So I think that that was really good. What else kind of caught me off guard? Phoenix. Uh, we didn't talk about Phoenix. No, we didn't. Um, that was a thing that totally was there and definitely caught me off guard. Go. Because words just escaped me. So Phoenix, my understanding is that Phoenix's energy had been sort of been given to Tenzin's blade and Aroha and some other entity, right? It's been, it was like split. Sort of. What it was, um, if I remember COP, right? Oh, and, uh, uh Satarius or whatever his name is. Yeah, if I remember COP right, Phoenix was split in two. So Celtius had half of it, hence why he has the red wing. Right. And then Tenzin had the other half, which was in his blade. And so Phoenix, uh, he, or she, the Avatar, chills out in the Far East at the Rising Shrine, whatever. And that was like, or something like that. And that's where like the physical manifestation of Phoenix was kind of like, physical fetter is in full moon fountain there and he just kind of manifests or carbies in the circle um so what happened with phoenix is that so in the future when uh tenzin was going to get omnommed after um iroha kind of fall or failed when she did the um shield thing and she sort of passed out or something phoenix or um tenzin channeled phoenix into her and she went into the past uh, to us. So in our past timeline, there were then three parts of Phoenix. Iroha, Tenzin, and then Celtius. Mm-hmm. So with those three right there, um, from what I end up, um, end up remembering, uh, Celtius gave... Uh, Celtius was sort of beaten when we get to the Cloud Darkness part, and I think Tenzin gave the Phoenix part to our orb thing? Or something like that? No. No, 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 no. Okay. I remember now. Cool. Right. So, um, Phoenix is literally reborn in our game because of the power of all of the other avatars working together. Right. Because they give um, their their powers to our orb, and then we go to try to revive Phoenix because that's important, apparently, for uh, making sure Iroha lives and is then able to help fight Cloud of Darkness. Right. And I think the reason... So, Phoenix... I think... Phoenix in the game and Phoenix, like, according to, you know, traditional, what is it, Greek mythology? Uh, um, I thought it, it was they're pretty similar in that yeah. it, the, the idea is that Phoenix, every time it dies, it's reborn. Um, you know, based at the same, you know, there's different, there's different versions of that story. But I think in 11, I don't know if they ever come right out and say this, but because the energy of Phoenix has been split, that's why Phoenix can't be reborn. Yep. And so, at, you know, right up to the, the point where you're fighting Cloud of Darkness, at that point, Phoenix is now all together whole again mm-hmm. and was then had the ability to be reborn. And so you actually see the, Fe- the Phoenix, fix- the yeah, avatar, Phoenix, yeah. right? <laughs> um, for just a second, but you see it. Um, yeah. Which I did not. I did not see that happening. Yeah. 
Um, and then the way I understand it is that Phoenix then embodies, or not embodies, but gives Aroha its full essence. Essentially. Yeah, because Beca- and that's that's why she can keep coming back to life in the final battle. Right. Speaking of keep coming back to life in the final battle, um, you do realize that the reason that Atma of the Apocalypse has the auto re-raise on it is because uh Shinri is because Shinryu Omnom Nom Celtius and he had a part of the Phoenix in him, right? No, but that makes a lot more sense now. Yep. But that's there. Um so yeah, that was really cool, and it makes me really sad because I'm not going to get a Phoenix Avatar to summon because reasons. So, or are you? Because now the model's in the game. <laughs> That's why I'm not really sure, and I don't think it would make sense because Phoenix would be too powerful, kind of like the same argument as Bahamut. Unless it's two hour or one hour. Well, you know, we don't get to summon Bahamut, but um, unless it's no. a one hour, <clears throat> no won't happen but um oh that was a that was another cool cutscene that we didn't talk about uh where all of the avatars kind of powwowed together oh including bahamut including bahamut and fenner and diablos and then like the first two that sort of pop up are odin and alexander and their little sort of like um their tchotchke versions they were eggy eggy versions yeah i hate that i wish that they used the full-on yeah me too i mean like alexander it makes sense because you know, he just kind of manifests stuff. Sure. But like, Odin, come on, bro. Oh, man, there's so many missed opportunities for epic Odin appearances. Yeah, but... Um, oh, oh, so that was another thing. That was the only thing that I was disappointed with, with the, with the way that the story ended up. Oh? Um, and I know we didn't talk about this because we hadn't talked about it. Yeah. Um, there's one slight thing that I thought that I would have liked to have seen. Oh, I bet I know what it is, but go ahead. What do you think it is? That Fenner and Diablos didn't say anything when they were giving their power to the orb? No. I didn't even oh, think about that. Because that bothered me, but go ahead. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think Daisy's asleep and snoring. Mm. I don't know if you can hear that. No. Um, the thing that I thought um, I would have loved to have seen that they didn't do, and I'll, I'll let you explain why uh, if you know the answer because I don't. Um, okay. What I thought was where I thought they were going with that second to last cutscene was that um, the cloud of darkness was such a threat that. <laughs> Hold on one second. <laughs> I can hear her. I know. <laughs> Show is that boring, Daisy? <laughs> <laughs> so cruel right trying to do a podcast sorry sorry okay so go ahead. um so where i thought they were going with the cloud of darkness was that it is a greater threat than good and evil which is kind of what it was yeah so what i was hoping we were gonna see was like when they have all the heroes banding together and you know we think that they're kind of getting it under control i was hoping that they're gonna sort of swat the good guys down and then who comes to save the day but like the shadow lord or no that or, wouldn't have happened ah but it, it was it, i mean think about it if the villains well no because they're all dead well yeah and i we guess made sure of that they're all dead the only one 
only one that kind of wouldn't be would be maybe well Alexander. No, well, no, he wasn't a villain though. Really? Oh, yeah, that's true. I mean, he's just the final boss. Yeah, he was kind of just a being of light versus the being of darkness. Yeah. Because um, remember, at the end of TOAU, there was still that sort of little conflict between Odin and Alex with the thing and the explosion when somebody threw themselves into the thing and then everything kind of went fakakta. But, um, yeah. Um, no, I don't think that would have happened. It would have because I think it would have cheapened the experience. Because like the heroes do kind of fail, mm, or, they keep well, it at they keep it at bay long enough to they keep it at bay. Shantoto and Ajito do meteor, which is really cool, and then like there's some other stuff, and it was a cool cutscene. But the thing is, is that like if it would have come down to them, like from a technical point, animating really, 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 really delicious cutscenes with the heroes to having mediocre cutscenes with heroes and then mediocre cutscenes with villains, that doesn't really make sense because they're already dead. Eh. I mean, well, yeah. okay, yeah. I mean, it, there's that. Um, but with all the interdimensional stuff, I mean, Dynamis should, I mean, could have opened up a port. You know, I don't know. They could have done yeah. it, some some sort of thing to explain to see them coming back. It's not a big deal. There was nothing wrong with the, the cutscene. I'm not saying they did a bad job, but I right. think it, it, it could have been that one little thing where I just would have been like, oh, man. <laughs> right. Like, it, when the both opposing sides band together to fight off a greater threat, that, that would have been a cool But thing. even then, that sort of, like, if the two sides worked together, that kind of wouldn't have helped because... Right, yeah, it defeats the, the purpose of everything Altana... Right, because if, if they're supposed to be fighting to make the wind, then it wouldn't have worked. And if they're fighting together, then definitely the Cloud of Darkness would have probably beaten them. So, Okay, well, I guess that's why they didn't do it then. Yes. Yay, logic. And <laughs> I kind of was on the right side of it for once. Yay, go me. <laughs> uh, anyway. Yeah. Um, um, anything else that we're forgetting? I, I, I know this is just kind of all over the place. but I'm trying to think, because like... We had um, a lot of stuff that sort of went through. Because there was... Um, I'm looking at the mission list. Um, oh, I know something. So, freaking Kafka. Not Kafka, but whatever his character name is in this. Balamor? Yeah, him. What is his point? That's like, a really good question. He was so prominent in these... Cutscenes, and then it seemed like the last time you see him, he was just kind of like, "Well, good luck." Because, like, what I understand is that he's from a different dimension, right. and he's from so, where Hades is from. Right, he's from where Hades is home, which is different than the deep Razkaznar area, right? Yes. Yeah, they're from what's the place that that normal Hades is from, like the. Tartar oh, Tartarus. Yes. Right. Okay. So he's from Tartarus. Cool. So if Tartarus is different than like alternative Andal, it's just like sort of like something that sort of exists in the center of the other dimensions and he's able to hop between them and stuff. Like, I'm not necessarily understanding his reasoning because he's kind of a dick in this third chapter. He I think his point 
is uh, is kind of fell flat at the end, which is that he just wanted that thing from his his world, right? That object, that orb, or whatever it was. Yeah, um, the August artifact thing, right? Yeah, and in exchange for that, he gave some of his power. Um, he didn't give it. He he took it. He yeah. took all the power that we put into the orb, didn't he? No, no, no. He gives it back, along with some of his strength. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he ends up sort of becoming an ally in a weird way. He's sort of like um, what was the Batman character that was like that? It wasn't the Riddler? Was it the Riddler? Mm. Which Batman are you talking about? Or like the animated series? No, just in general. Um, there's some in res- in wrestling. <laughs> it's called the Tweener. Um, where they sort of they don't al- okay the Rat King from Ninja Turtles. <laughs> Was like this. Okay, that one makes sense. Sometimes right. he's an ally of the turtles, and sometimes he's got his own agenda, and other times he's an ally of the Foot Clan. So, Catwoman, basically. Catwoman. That's who I was thinking of. Okay, yeah, not the Riddler. And also, Selena Kyle is more of an anti-hero, but we can get into that in our DC podcast, which we're never doing. So. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. Continue. Um, but that was sort of how I saw Balamore's role in this at the end. It seemed like he was a bad guy the whole time, but. It really, at the end, to me, the impression I got was like, he wasn't really on anybody's side. He was just out there to mess with people and he had his own agenda. And in the end, eh, threw you a bone to help you out. Yeah. I don't know. It just, mm, his story doesn't seem done to me. No, no. He's an interesting and weird character. I think he's probably the most interesting character, I think, because he breaks the fourth wall so much. Yeah. And I think it's kind of like, it's not necessarily the Deadpool effect, because that's like, just for the sake of laughs, and also really good storytelling. But like, I think there's something just about him that needs to be explored, I think, and fleshed out, so who knows? Yeah. Um, Yeah. I want, maybe he, so, okay, um, I, Let's talk about Final Fantasy fourteen for a second here. Okay. Uh, did you do the Void Arc storyline? Yes. What do you make of Kate Sith and Diablos's appearances in it? Well, Diablos was already in the game for um, a while because there was the be- uh, there was the dungeon or whatever, and they talk about that. Um, and then Kate Sith, like yeah, but in that he was just a boss. There was no really much of a story explanation. No, but they dropped that he was like imprisoned there or something like that. I don't really remember. I gotta go and watch the cutscene again. But um they talked that the Void Arc was, you know, travel between different dimensions or something and it was created <coughs> to survive that big sort of like flood calamity or something like that, right? Yeah. The, yeah. Sort of like Noah's Ark. Yeah. I don't think it's I mean, like, what's probably going to end up happening when, like, you know, Square finally goes out of business and they make one final Final Fantasy? They'll be like, everything's connected, or something <laughs> like stupid like that. Um, but I think that, like, because we've had like, uh, there's uh, like, apart from the obvious influence that Eleven has had in fourteen in terms of like just stylistic things with monsters and um, terminology, um, we know that there is an equivalent oh. void in fourteen, where like. Right. Uh, there's void walkers, there's void whatever, void scent, stuff like that. 
Void, yeah, and those, Void Scent and Cloud of Darkness. And, right. And those are tied in with the Thaumaturge quest, and I think maybe some, or you, and I think maybe the Black Mage quest. Um, but they're definitely in the Thaumaturge and Black Mage quest in 1.23. And um, it's been a while since I did them in um, 14 for 2.0, but they talk about them there. Um, so if you're interested, go watch those cutscenes. Um, but I don't know. Kate Sith just being there is a little bit of a red herring because we know Atomos exists in the universe also because mm-hmm. he showed up in 1.23. And we've already established that Atomos is kind of, you know, Master Time and Space in the Final Fantasy universe. Cool. Kate Sith, however, is a little bit different because he was a playable character in 7, right? Yeah, but it was a different kind of Kate Sith in 7. Right. This the one, so the reason I brought it up is because I feel like the, the Kate Sith in fourteen is the same one that's in eleven. Hmm. Now it doesn't. He doesn't talk like Yoda in fourteen, right? Um, but he or she. Sorry, <laughs> I always forget that Kate Sith is female. Right. Um, Kate Sith in eleven appears in has to like does all this interdimensional stuff there's multiple instances of kate sith or, there's kate sith is a really complicated character in 11 mm. and in 14 kate sith shows up in the void arc hmm okay the void arc seems to have something to, to do with the void in 14 which also has something to do with cloud of darkness and all this stuff. so I just brought it up as just to get sort of get your thoughts as to like where are they going with this? Like I, I don't I don't predict that there's gonna be like a crazy eleven crossover, but I feel like maybe this particular group of characters might float from game to game in the future of Final Fantasy games. I could see that, but because like I mean in Love and Case it already says like, you know, there are multiple worlds, he travels to them, yada yada, but like Kate Sith in Eleven doesn't seem like the character that wouldn't mention other worlds to other people. If that makes sense, like um, yeah. So in fourteen, like like you said, the Kate Sith that is there it could be one of the other eight or whatever, however many more there are living. Probably nine, right? Because it's a cat. Well, no, one of them died. That's why I said eight. Oh, yeah, filthy casual. Like because in Eleven, that Kate Sith. Like he doesn't necessarily name drop other worlds, but I'm pretty sure that he like alludes to them. Like he talks about one where everything's made of fish or something whimsical like that. And in fourteen, I mean, granted, we're just starting to get to know the Kate Sith, but we haven't really heard much of anything else out of him. So, yeah, I isn't it interesting? He shows up all of a sudden at the end of eleven. Hmm. <laughs> Foil hat. Yeah, I don't know. But like, it just it doesn't seem she, like he, not he. I said it. So I, know, I said heat again. Fine. Um, yeah, it doesn't seem like that. Like, I don't know if I would be mad or if I would be excited that they would tie it in. Because it seems like it would be an interesting opportunity for them to kind of make that connection in 11 over the one in 14. Mm-hmm. Because, like, I mean, it wouldn't be that difficult, I don't think, to make, like, a cutscene in the Walk of Echoes where you're just standing there and then, like, the camera turns and stuff and then there's text. 
and I could sort of see like Kate's being like, oh, hello, Moroku. My goodness, I found somebody that looks just like you in this other game. <laughs> well, they do that in the, the cutscene with Aroha in 14. Right. Where but, she, um, she thinks that you're the character from 11. Right. So, Spoiler, which, is, which, is, which is hilarious because my character looks very similar to that. Yeah, same, same with me. Um, yeah. I really um, like that. Yeah, so I don't know. It would be cool, but I think that if they were going to make that kind of connection, they would do it in 11 before they would do it in 14. Okay. Because that specific Kate Sith and that stuff all originated from 11. So, yeah. Who knows? That and also, I think, um, just regarding Diablos really quick, because um, Diablos in 11, he's kind of an interdimensional being due to Lord of Dynamis and dreams and stuff. Whereas this one, it's just void and evil and more specifically villainous. And they haven't talked to him about being an avatar versus other stuff. Or uh, primal, excuse me. Yeah, so, yeah, that's true. Yeah, so who knows? Because like, we don't know if Kate's a primal either, because he's an avatar in 14, or 11. But are primals so. and avatars the same thing? So mm. far, yes. When you think about it, because like... Oh. Prime, well, because, well, sort of. Like, primals, you know, you need them... They draw power from crystals. Cool. There's similarity there. Avatars were made from Altana. It's sort of like, we're just kind of there, the Gates of Paradise, and they want to see the Gates of Paradise open again. So basically, the side of the Xylar, they're rather quote-unquote villainous, um, because the big sleeping gods that are inside of the big crystals when you go fight them in Eleven, um, those are the actual ones, and want to see the Gates of Paradise opened like the Xylar did, so they can sort of roam free among the land and sort of rule over all, basically. And they think that the sort of um, the awake terrestrial avatars so phoenix diablos uh carbuncle bahamut i think i'm forgetting one um that they are false gods in 11 in 14 they you have the primals and the elder primals um but then you have primals like um uh Mughalmog, right and those who are just sort of wished into existence shiva falls into that category too right wished into existence um Crystals help and stuff. So I don't know. It depends on like what you sort of define as your overall deity. Because if you look at Hydaelyn and that sort of god over there in 14, you could argue that there's a piece of Hydaelyn in every single person there, right? Like, be it the Echo and whatnot, or be it some of the enlightened races versus like the Beastmen and stuff. Hydaelyn kind of exists omnipresently. Right. And the sort of power of crystals is significantly more powerful in 14 than it is versus um, 11, because the crystals there are just giant quantities of aether, something that's literally tangible, whereas in 11, it's things that are used for synthesis and um, technology. Yeah. And aside from that, like maybe some other mystical stuff. So, um, I don't know. It, like They could be the same sort of on like a philosophical level. Technically, no, they're not. But, I don't know, it's interesting. Avatar lore in Eleven is probably one of my favorite things to look at ever, so. Well, we should add that to the list. I actually started a list of stuff to look into. Um, yeah, I actually need to write something about that for uh, Fusion in the magazine, but we'll keep that sort of under wraps. Yeah, well, anyway, I, I feel like... Um, that was... Uh, that, yeah. We... 
we could go on, but we can't because we need to get out of here. Um, yeah, work, grr. <laughs> but I think that was, that was a pretty good sort of just um, reaction and apologize. It was a little all over the place, but that's, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. Um, follow us on Twitter at Pet Food Beta. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can email us at Pet Food Beta at GamerScape.com. The Final Fantasy XI Auction House MS Paint Challenge still going strong. Um, so check that out. Mm-hmm. And um, goodbye. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that's it. Cool. And Daisy is trying to eat the microphone now. Hi, Daisy. Hi, Daisy. Hi, Daisy. Daisy, 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 Daisy. <laughs> All right. I think on that note, um, yeah. Thanks for listening to Pet Food Beta, and we'll catch you next time. Goodbye.